Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the studio, our friends from the University of Alaska. And uh guest at the university is uh, Thomas McGovern coming in from New York. Why don't you grab that microphone and bring it right up to you, sir? Okay. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, thanks for here. coming in. And also, uh, we have, uh, let's see, Nancy Bigelow with us. Now, Nancy, you're with the Alaska Quaternary Center. It, it, it's Quaternary. Uh, quaternary. <laughs> well, we've been working on that one since you came in. we got three of us trying to. Uh, say it again. Quaternary. A quaternary center. The now, what is the Alaska Quaternary Center? Well, the Quaternary period is the last two million years of Earth's history. So the center is a group of people who are interested in the last two million years of Earth's history. The Vikings come right at the end, but we're also interested in the ice ages. What happens between the ice ages? During what happens in Alaska? What happens in? Uh, northeastern Russia, what was the land like when people were around? What did they see? Um, how, how were things different than they are today in terms of landscape? Mm-hmm. How, how do you find out? Uh, oh, there's lots of ways. Um, one way is you go to a road cut mm-hmm. and look at the dirt that's exposed and oh, you sample okay. it. All right. Um, you can go to what I do is I go to lakes and I core lakes and I, the mud down the bottom mm-hmm. of the lake. That tells you. That's sort of like looking at a tree ring. Yes, exactly. Tree rings is another way to do it. There's lots of different ways. Archaeology, Mm -hmm. you know, dig up a real nice site. Um, That'll tell you about what the landscape was like, too, and what people were doing in that case. Speaking of archaeology, we have a famed archaeologist with us in Thomas McGovern. And thank you for coming up. My pleasure. I'd also like to take a moment to say. The Vikings are part of the Quaternary, but they had nothing to do with the extinction of the mammoth. <laughs> nothing. They, they, they can be blamed for a lot of stuff, but not that. Okay, now, are the Vikings extinct, or do we have relations to Vikings still among us? There's lots of folks who have Scandinavian genes who are right here in, in Alaska, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly there's uh, this ongoing Scandinavian contribution to world history with the Vikings and the, what the Vikings brought out into the North Atlantic. One of the things that we work with is animal bones, and one of the things that the animal bones have been telling us, that one of the things that the the Vikings introduced to Europe was cod fishing in a very intensive way. So offshore cod fishing, and very importantly, the marketing of dried cod, like stockfish, Mm -hmm. uh, is something which the Vikings started in the late Iron Age and then popularized and spread. So if anybody out there has gone cod fishing or has consumed salt cod or dried cod, that's a product of the Viking Age right there. Right there. Now, did the Vikings just stay in their area, or did they explore worldwide? And the Vikings certainly have a reputation for long-distance exploration, raiding, uh, trading, and also settlement. One of the things which happens in the Viking Age, starting probably about 750 A.D. or so, is they put together a combination of, of really rather nice boats and some kind of navigational skills, which we still don't fully understand, that allowed them to cut straight across bodies of water. And this, of course, made it um, made them dangerous. They were uh, raiders who used a pier, just beer. It also made it possible for them to carry goods long distances as traders. 
but also was really important for being able to settle distant islands. So what our team has been working with for the last 20 years or so is the really interesting story of the Vikings going out into first the nearer islands of the Orkneys, the Shetlands, the Faroe Islands. Mm -hmm. These are all populated by Celtic people, and the Viking folks mixed in with them, interbred with them, and created a hybrid society. And then from there, they went out to Iceland, which as far as we know, had never been settled by anybody. And then from Iceland, they went to Greenland, which they were the first farmers. And just very briefly, they did get to Lance Meadows and maybe elsewhere in Newfoundland, and that was Vinland. So Vinland didn't last very long, but Greenland lasted for almost 500 years. And the disappearance of that colony remains a big mystery. Yeah, what happened? You, any ideas? Well, we had lots of ideas. And, in fact, mm -hmm. one of the things our team has been working on for the last several years is looking at the differences between Iceland and Greenland, two really similar places colonized by the same people, relatives, mm -hmm. yeah. and what different outcomes. I mean, the Icelanders had some pretty tough times in the Middle Ages. They suffered terribly from smallpox. They had climate problems. They had volcanic eruptions. But they came through it all, and now you're talking about one of the, mostly people talking about the, some of the five best places to live in the whole world. So they've made it. The Greenlanders, yeah. on the other hand, didn't make it. Somewhere around 1450 or so, they all died out. And why? Well, climate certainly is a big role there. They're also having a cultural contact situation with the ancestors of modern Inuit Greenlanders who are coming into Greenland, ultimately from Alaska at that point. We don't really know much about that either. We also know their trading connections to Europe were changing. That They were offering walrus ivory, which they've been doing since the Viking Age, and a time when maybe the Europeans were less interested in that. So it's a combination of things coming together, and we still don't fully understand it. It remains a mystery, but we learn a lot every day. Yeah, this is fascinating. Thomas McGovern with us. Uh, you are a professor at Hunter College? That's right, City University of New York. The city of, of New York, and uh, a little bit different than New York. Uh, it is. Visiting up here. And is this uh, your first time to Alaska? No, I've been to Alaska several times, and mm -hmm. I've had the pleasure of coming to Fairbanks several times, too, and working with the good people in the UAF who are doing remarkably good work in uh, the Quaternary and also doing archaeology as well. So mm -hmm. there's some really cool stuff going on here. Your talk tonight, new views of Viking Greenland, resilient, adaptive, but still extinct. Yep. We used to think that they basically came up to the north with a southern adapted lifestyle and economy, failed to adapt, screwed up, and died horribly. And it's a very sad story, but, you know, it's nothing to do with us. Now we recognize, actually, they were pretty sharp. They actually did adapt. They did change. We can actually see pretty clearly that when the climate changed on them in the 1250s, 1300s, they changed too, and they adapted to it. And they got another 100 years of survival for themselves and their society, but yet they still went down. They still became extinct. Your so, free talk this evening will be at the West Valley High School Performing Arts Center at 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll be right back. Short break. Thomas McGovern in studio with us, along with Nancy Bigelow. And uh, we're going to get Megan Murphy on here, too, real quick. Science Potpourri is this Saturday. We'll, we'll be right back. Morning show time now, 13 minutes till 9. And uh, in the studio, let's see, we have Thomas McGovern, who's... Uh, Archaeologist uh, professor. It is Archaeology Month too, isn't it? By golly, uh, with the uh, Hunter College City University out of New York. Also, Nancy Bigelow here, the Alaska Quaternary Center. Quaternary Center. I'm not going to be able to say that one. Uh, anyhow, the last two million years of of history for our great planet. 
and uh, the National Park Service putting on uh, this celebration. Uh, new views of Viking Greenland, resilient, adaptive, but still extinct, is uh, Professor Green. Uh, the professors uh, talk tonight. I wanted to ask you. Uh, we were talking before we went on the air, and I was sort of joking about one uh-huh. of our folks downstairs, all excited because somebody was giving a talk about his Vikings. But he's a Minnesota. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Viking fan. Uh-huh. You, you said the Vikings, the name itself, is quite popular in sports. Viking apparently is the most single single most common sports team name in the world. And I've heard people get a little close something like three thousand so sports teams around the world. Three thousand, uh, but from from local soccer to uh, you know industrialized uh, American sports, called Vikings, and there some of them are places where there's a strong Scandinavian ancestry, but some yeah. of them are places like Brazil where there's hardly any Scandinavians. Brazil, it just really seems to have caught people's imagination, the idea of being bold and and you know forthright and going out and doing amazing things and. All those kind of things people associate with Vikings, at least in a positive sense. Everybody, when you think Vikings, you think of the, the guy with the, you know, the, the big muscular guy with the, the hat with the horns on his head, that type of thing. Yep, that's what you think about. Yeah. The Vikings we work with mostly, however, were, were just farmers. Farmers. Uh, they were going out to the North Atlantic. Vikings is actually just the name of a, a group of people. Yeah, actually, the Vikings themselves didn't call themselves Vikings. Um, they, they, the term Viking for them meant very specifically someone who's a raider, you know, oh, okay. somebody who was, uh, you know, a warrior kind Were of thing. Were they more like a Norseman? Or? And they, they taught themselves as being Norse or Nordic or okay. having, you know, our language kind of thing uniting them. And it's good to realize that back in the, in the Viking Age, there wasn't any um, formalized states in Scandinavia. There wasn't any Denmark, Sweden. These were all local. I was going to say, where did, what area of that country, you know, that you know, Scandinavia, Denmark, what area did they come from? They came from all the areas that are currently modern Scandinavia in the south. Okay. So centering on what's now Denmark, South Sweden, uh, up the coast of Norway. So you have a, a broad area that has people speaking the same kind of language. And very importantly, uh, sharing a common uh, ability to make use of boats and to go far offshore, but also to go fishing and to use whales and other resources from the sea. So one of the things we see in the Viking Age is this adaptation to combining farming with fishing and marine hunting, and that really makes a big difference for them as they go out into the North Atlantic into Orkney and Case Ness, they go out into Iceland, Greenland. So that is, is part of the whole story about the Vikings. It's all about boats. How did you get interested in Vikings? Well, <coughs> excuse me, years ago, um, I had the opportunity to go to Greenland in 1975 mm. to uh, to work with a Danish uh, project there, and I really got caught up in it. And I did my dissertation on the Viking garbage, the animal bones that were in the middens that they they dumped things into, which mm-hmm. you can learn a lot from. Oh yeah, as you can imagine, you can learn a lot from going through people's garbage, and that's true of the past too. So uh, <laughs> one of the things we we've done is we look at animal bones, but we also look at bits and pieces of. Uh, uh, everything else is in there, too, including just wood, even insects. So there's lots of good stuff you can get out of these garbage piles. That's amazing what you can learn yeah, by, by going through history, I guess. It is fascinating yeah. stuff. 
And, of course, it's the, the fun thing is working with people from all over the world and working with people in different disciplines. Mm-hmm. So we have people who are poets and historians, but we also have people who are glaciologists and climatologists, hard science. So the whole f- full you know swath of human knowledge is being applied to this. And it's, it's a lot of fun to get to meet some really interesting people. Uh, Professor McGovern with us and his free lecture tonight, New Views of Viking Greenland, Resilient, Adaptive, but Still Extinct. And that will be in the West Valley Performing Arts Center. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us this morning, sir. How are you getting uh, uh, Megan over here? Uh, hi there. Hi. Hey, it's Science Potpourri time again. It sure is. 24th year. 20? Yeah, that yeah. started out with a couple of uh, college chemistry kids mm-hmm. thinking this would be fun. Well, yeah, the chemistry, chemistry department. In fact, this is rolled into UAF's year-long centennial celebration. Yeah. Um, you know... This event has been going on for almost a quarter of a century um, through the chemistry department, but it involves partners all across the campus. It's a lot of fun. It'll be this Saturday, noon to 3 p.m., free at the Reichart Building. Of course, we're going to have all our fun staples, nitrogen ice cream, mm-hmm. um, digging for fossils. Oh, yeah. You know? Okay, and now folks can say Reichart Building. Which one is the Reichart Building? It is next to the UA Museum of the North. Okay. So it would be... East of the museum. Okay. We're kind of central. We're like the middle earth of campus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are you from the big building with the big dishes on top? That's the LB building, right? The GI? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're we're east of that too. Right right next to the museum. There's gonna be lots of signs too okay. on campus directing all right, people. So you have science potpourri this direction. It'll be where all the people, oh, yeah. balloons, fun, yeah. excitement. And that's popular too, isn't it? Oh I mean, there's lots of folks who like to go up and have fun of all ages. Oh yeah, we have we have shows, we have uh, explosions, um, radio radioactive rocks. Slime. Is that safe? Radioactive rocks. Of course, it's safe. For, yeah, you're gonna have lava pouring. I love uh, the t- toddler activities. You've got that. Yeah, uh, what, yeah. What, uh, what a NASA mining robot. Yeah, this really cool robot that roams the floors and does. Kids can make and take home slime. I like that. Oh, yeah. That's... Every year. You have mm-hmm. the uh, Make an Earthquake, the touch tank, a marine touch tank, uh, and, and a whole lot more, too. Oh, yeah. You've got, uh, let's see, science shows. Physics. We've got uh, the chemistry demonstrations, the big explosion from the trash can outside, um, all our favorites, all our staples. Um, we've got a shark that will be floating in the hallways up above people's heads, giving out free balloons. I want to go back to the garbage can exploding outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should say the, the explosion is coming out of the uh-huh. garbage can. It goes yeah. 20 feet up in the air. People mm-hmm. are at a very safe distance from it. Um, but it is very much a crowd pleaser. Oh, yeah. What, uh, now, that will be at a, a specific time, I would think. You'd have that outside. It. Yep. Um, if you go to our website, cnsmuaf.edu forward slash science dash potpourri, um, we have a list of the shows and the times. Okay, that website again. CNN. CNN. <laughs> CNN. C. What's the? Now I'm confused. I'm sorry. CNSM.UAF. C, C, it's real slow. Okay, it's for the College of Natural Science and Mathematics. Okay. CNSM. Okay. Dot UAF. All right. Dot edu. Okay, now I'm there. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or just as say uh, science potpourri, mm-hmm. uh, and get to UAF.edu somewhere, and I'm sure you'll find it. 
Yes. Uh, and that'll be, it's free, folks. And parking, I want to stress, is free also. Absolutely. And it's there's plenty of parking. Plenty of parking. Behind Rykar and in adjacent lots as well. All right, Megan, thanks a lot for coming in. And Thank you Professor for McGovern, us. it's been a pleasure to a meet pleasure. you, sir. Nice to see you. And again, your lecture will be tonight, 7 o'clock, West Valley High School Performing Arts Center, all about Vikings and where are they now, I guess. Uh, all right. Thank you much for coming in. Thank and you. It's good to meet you too, Nancy. Be safe out there. Drive with your headlights on. Rush Limbaugh is coming up next on KFBX Fairbanks. It's 9 a.m.